Welcome, Dr. Cass Nauman. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> so happy you're here. So for those of you that don't know Dr. Cass, Dr. Cass is a doctor of Chinese medicine. She does beautiful energetic work in acupuncture. You also are a Qigong master at this point, and you are a Taoist priestess. Um, we really had some really beautiful conversations as you were going through that process. What am I missing? You're always a student. Yeah. You're always a student. I love learning. There's so much to learn. There's like a wall of diploma certificates that it just, there's so much more, always more. Yeah. Chinese medicine, there's acupuncture, body work, cupping, energy work through medical Qigong and Reiki. Um, I trained in Kyoto to offer tea ceremony and incense ceremony and was a yoga teacher. Uh, my previous life was as a jazz singer and pianist. So I also use really? sound. Yeah, I don't know if we've all explored I, that. I didn't that know much. that. Yeah. Actually, I've I've heard you in a, in a lodge and you have the that's most right. beautiful voice. Yeah, and that's what I use it mostly for now. It's like medicine songs and healing, toning. So I have a grand piano. I have a music room in the house, a grand piano gongs and bowls and guitar and harmonium and tuning forks. So I like um, offering ceremony and sacred spaces for groups of people combining all of those things together. So tell us, what was your journey into Mm. this path? Mm. Yeah. Looking back, as I think many of us can, can see kind of psychic breadcrumbs laid along the way where this was always going to be the path, but we didn't know it yet, you know, Mm -hmm. like singing to the animals and sitting under the trees and communing with them as a child. Um, But the really big pivotal moment that shifted everything for me was my, my best friend through most of my adult life. He was originally my record producer. He introduced me to Qigong. I sat in on so many sessions. um, I'm just incredible musicians and artists over the years with him um, he got very sick and I was the phone call that kind of came in and, mm. and found him, which turned into, um, having surgery for a brain tumor being removed that night, which got biopsy, which was terminal cancer by the next day. Mm. And, um, well, long story short, the girlfriend he had exited and I kind of stepped in and was his primary secondary along with his brother and a lot of friends caretaker until he passed. And I was going through the doctoral program at the time. So I'd already found Chinese medicine via him, um, which is another fun story to tell in a moment, perhaps. But it um, being with him and walking him home, being there was the first time to to be with someone as they passed. And it threw me into what I thought was an existential crisis, but it was really just cognitive dissonance. Like like, both things could not be true at the same time, but my brain and my body, like just couldn't make sense of it. So I went to Japan and did doctoral rotations in Kyoto and sat in temples there, convinced that I could find the answer to what happens when we die and like trying to keep that connection and that channel open with him, which came in ways that were still outside of my belief system, like voices and bird feathers and in these ways, you know, that Mm -hmm. we can communicate because I didn't quite understand multiple dimensions and timelines and realities and just concrete, subtle, meta-aware worlds yet. Um, well, it really, it shifted everything. So when I came back, a lot of people knew what I what I had walked through with him. And so other friends were calling in oncology and hospice. And I kind of entered the death portal, which I loved because it's just being so close to source. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the most natural, easy thing 
to be, which is really, really beautiful. And um, yeah, my journey, my journey grew from there as an herbalist, learning about plants and sitting in dieta with maybe one plant at a time for several days, meditating, drinking, eating, all the things also opened up all these other worlds, these subtle realms mm-hmm. of experience. Um, yeah, it profoundly changed me. And to, to back it up, <laughs> yeah. uh, the reason I ended up for the very first time in an acupuncture clinic was, was really anemic. I should have had a blood transfusion after I had an emergency C-section with my son, who's 14 and a half. So it was, well, I guess I was 14 and a half years ago. <laughs> um, and I didn't. Uh, and I had probably been iron deficient anemic my whole life and didn't know how to treat it. And ended up in this health crisis. And I was having to get blood transfusions or iron infusions every three months. And that was just going to be my plight for life. And on the one hand, if that's the worst thing I had to deal with, I was willing to deal with it. But also, that's not really a thriving way to live. And so George had suggested, why don't you get acupuncture? And I was like, what is acupuncture? (laughs) And as the universe provides, I went to the student clinic at IOMA, where I just took a job as a professor starting in July. I don't think I've told oh, wow. this. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that just happened this week. So I'll be teaching <laughs> medical Qigong to the doctoral program in Taoist medicine next year and clinical supervising students. So, wow. yay. So it's kind of really come full circle like this congratulations. week. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you. I'm still, still yeah. taking that one in. Wow. <laughs> so now we can have professor to all those things. Exactly. Yeah, wow. teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, so my, I go into the student clinic and Dr. William Morris, who was then the dean and president of AOMA, was the clinical supervisor. And he's also a musician and a yogi and like deep on the spiritual path and plant medicine path. And so I think I was maybe four or five sessions in, I'd kind of committed to come for eight weeks in a row and do the whole raw herbs, make them at home, very strict regimen. And I redid my blood work and I wasn't anemic anymore. And I was... I had had a moment on the table was like, if this works when nothing else has, like I'm quitting everything and this is going to be my life. And he made it made so much sense because he would use tuning forks. I mean, he would chant and we'd talk about the chakras and he felt my pulse and could tell what was wrong was, um, I had high blood pressure when I was pregnant and I took a medicine for a few weeks Mm. for high blood pressure. And I intuitively felt it was wrong and quit, but didn't tell the doctors that I quit taking the medicine. But he said it had left like a toxin in my blood and that's what was going on. And how he knew that without me telling him was just wild, just from feeling my pulse. And he kind of had the solution for how to detox my body and build it back up. So it was just amazing. And then I took, I didn't have a fourth trimester. I didn't know what that was back then. Have you guys talked about this on the podcast? We haven't talked about fourth trimester, but for those that don't know, the fourth trimester is after you have a child the human, well, we can get more into that later, but it's about taking another space of time to really be with the child, just you and the child, almost just keeping them in utero, out of utero, if that makes sense. Oh, that's beautiful. I've never, I've never heard of that before. I mean, intuitively, that's what I've done. Like keep keep the baby, oops, sorry. (laughs) Um, To be able to hold them close and to, to be the main caregiver, not let other people step in. Yeah. So, and I definitely did that part because uh, my son's father deployed to Iraq when he was two weeks old, part of the whole emergency C-section thing. Wow. But the part that I didn't do was take care of myself or have someone else taking care of me during that fourth trimester. So mm-hmm. everything, as it should, went to went the to the baby. But I didn't have the proper nourishment and caretaking of myself that I could mm-hmm. have had because I didn't have that community around me 
mm. being in a yeah. place that wasn't home during that time and I couldn't right. travel back home because of the surgery. And so what we did, even though it was years later, was I had I created space to take three months off mm. and give that to myself and and my son, even though he was a few years old at that time. And it helped nourish my body, my chi and my blood mm. back um, to full strength. What did you do during that time? So you had acupuncture. Mm-hmm. You you talked about dietas. Yes. Well, and I had an herbal formula that he had custom prescribed for me. And then, yeah, I did, I did dietas. I started with cinnamon and with ginger. So just foods were really easy oh, and accessible to do. And how exactly does the dieta work? So... So many people do these beautiful dietas. I've been nursing for so long that I have not yet, but I feel like I could do one with ginger cinnamon. Yeah. How does that work? You do a little on an empty stomach. There's many different ways to do it. The tradition that I learned was you're basically fasting only on whatever that one food is, whether Mm -hmm. it's one day, three days. We always Mm -hmm. did three days. You could do longer. Mm -hmm. Um, And every, every way possible. So say if it was ginger, you would eat it raw. You would cook it down and drink it as tea. Um, I don't, I mean, you can do them all the ways. You can suppository herbs. I wouldn't do that with ginger too Ooh, not with ginger. <laughs> no, and probably yeah. not while I'm nursing, actually. No. Ginger's yeah. a strong one. Yeah, yeah very exactly. strong. Yeah. yeah. And some of them you could even smoke, which is not something I personally partake of, but it's, it's just any way that you can imagine. But I think the most important part is then meditating with, with the herb. Connecting to it connecting so that to you're it. getting the information, the essence of it, exactly. and, yeah, and embodying it. All parts of it. So mm-hmm. if it has a, a, the root, or if, um, maybe ginger wasn't the best example, but if it were, but you could. I mean, you have the skin, which has its own medicinal properties. Right. Raw is different than cooked, which is different than, we have something called honey fried, which makes it warmer and goes deeper into the body, more into the blood rather than the chi level. Mm. And so all herbs, you know, the roots or the bark or the leaves or the fruit or the flowers. And what's really fascinating is that whatever may be toxic or poisonous, either a part of that plant or what grows right next to the plant is always the medicine. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. Can I give an example? Yeah, say yes. that again. Yeah. Um, away from it's a different one. So yeah. osha root, which I, we've worked with osha root before. Yes. Okay. I've never heard right of osha. Osha is called bear root. It's incredible for the respiratory system. Bears, when they come out of hibernation, dig it up. It only grows in certain elevations and it cannot be um, cultivated. cultivated. You have to find it in the wild and they'll go and they'll dig it up after their hibernations and consume it. It's very special to get. It's very rare and you have to be of the up most of a gatekeeper while you're harvesting it because mm. it's so special and mm. yeah, yeah I feel like it hides and it waits for the right right person yeah. energetics mm. to come and ethically harvest it yeah there's a beautiful explanation yeah the, wow. o- the only story I have to add to that is from what I've heard from indigenous people mostly out of New Mexico the reason that they know that's what it does is because the bear coming out of the cave will will go um I'm using find it, find dig it, it up, find it, eat it. it. Yeah, I've heard it, eat it, consume it. You know, it's a cough, but it often grows right next to poisonous hemlock, and they look very similar. So mm. it's also oh. the way that we came to know as humans, like this is safe and this isn't by watching the animal kingdom. Mm. So yeah, so that's why it's also known as bear root. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. And what's really fascinating is we learn through the animal kingdom, but. I would say this is the beauty around 
some of the indigenous populations that haven't westernize themselves yet is that they're not in this hyper stimulated environment and they can drop into that inner knowing and Mm. decipher between the two. Um, We're not there right now. Most of us, I would Mm -hmm. say, but that's the beauty of just being dropped right into nature because we're animals. Mm -hmm. No, I love what you're saying. With them that we can work (laughs) in all the ways. (laughs) No, absolutely. And the diet of meditating with something gives you that relationship. You don't have to observe anything else necessarily. You have that relationship and meditate with it, communicate with it. It'll tell you how to use it for you specifically. Well, I've been really curious about dietas for a long Mm -hmm. time. So I'm so happy you're talking about this. I have a friend who does them all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, as soon as she's done with one, she's on to the next one. And, you know, she's just turned into this beautiful medicine woman like you are and knows all these things. And so I know Bobby's going to come see you today. And so give him something for blood pressure because okay. he is a hot blooded <laughs> Italian that really yes. needs like. Yes. Hawthorne. Yeah. Hawthorne's where we're going to start. So, yeah. So mm-hmm. Hawthorne. So if he um, does a dieta with that or whatever, I can do it with him. Yeah, you can. And, it's and, an, It helps lower cholesterol. So. I, I prefer and prescribe it over statins. Although mm. if someone's taking a statin, you definitely want to take CoQ10 because it depletes the body of CoQ10, like mm. this energy in the mitochondria of the cell. Um, but Hawthorne's also a beta blocker naturally. So I often prescribe it for um, you know actors, musicians that have stage fright or panic because it's a natural beta blocker. That's how it acts on the heart. So it's going to help with anxiety and stress also. Oh, wow. And so a beta blocker, just go ahead and explain for people who may not know what that oh, is. I can't explain what a beta okay. blocker is. I know it's very anti-anxiety. Mm-hmm. It really helps calm the nervous system and helps people because I know there's there's medications out there for that. There are. Where, yeah, because mm-hmm. I know a musician who's on one for that very reason. Yeah. So that's really interesting that Hawthorne would be a natural mm-hmm. supplement. Beta blocker, yeah. yeah. These are like diuretics, calcium channel blockers, which is what I was on when I was pregnant. Beta wow. blockers. There's different different forms oh, and different levels of safety. Um, but why not just take it from the plants? Exactly. Right? Like why not just take white willow bark instead of taking aspirin? Like, yeah. Well, because well, most people mm-hmm. don't know. It's a matter. Know? It's a matter of education, yeah. and uh, you know we've been just even legally we say talk to your doctor about that mm-hmm. thing, yeah. and the doctor that we're talking to. Unless it's been their passion and a side education mm-hmm. actually is educated in prescription medications mm-hmm. yeah. because that is what they learn at the school and it's not right. part of a regular MD program to learn about mm-hmm. herbs and mm-hmm. those healing ways. So unless we're seeking it out or um, somebody like you, yeah. um, that kind of doctor, then we're mm-hmm. not going to get that information. Which is why you're here. Which is why you're here. Which is why we all use you. (laughs) Not, you know, nothing against Western medicine. It has its place, you know? Oh, it's with with C sections. Exactly. Saved my life on a few occasions. For sure. But drugs and surgery. There's this uh, something called the Flexner Report. It came out in, I want to say 1916. We'll have to fact check that. But it was when uh, in America, in the hospital systems, they took away homeopathy, naturopathy, Mm. Ayurveda segregated things by sex and color and was basically, I'm oversimplifying, but basically if it's not drugs and surgery, it's not in our system. Yeah. And it's been enough of a generation or two in the past. People don't know about this or remember this, but it's there. You can look it up. You can Google it and see. Mm -hmm. And it is life-saving. Saved my life. Yeah. Well, and and on on the flip side, I took um, a medication when I was a baby and 
it caused a skip in my brainwave. I had a seizure and then I had to be on brain medicine for four years. Now, the interesting thing is my doctor prescribes that. It comes with a box. It has all the potential side effects on it and nobody's legally responsible for that. Mm. But if somebody mentions an herb that can, you know, for centuries has been helping somebody, somebody has a bad side effect with that herb because one herb isn't for everybody, just like yeah. a medication. Now, whoever said that can get in a great deal of trouble. Yeah. And so here we are, and that's, it, it, it's a system, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So if you start communicating with herbs and plants, you have to be really, really, really strong in your intuition in, um, in what you're consuming. And, and I think that's the beauty of a dieta is first you probably sit and you ask Mm -hmm. the plant for permission to do that to begin with. Right. Exactly. That would be step one. Mm -hmm. I've been really called to dietas. Um, I know they're in my future, but we're going to be waiting for my (laughs) little hungry bear (laughs) to stop nursing. Exactly. (laughs) Um, yeah. You could start with foods. I could start with food, right? Yeah. Yeah. Aloe. Pear. Yeah. Pear is beautiful. Yeah. And good for the lungs. There's a particular herb called shambemu that you put in with a little honey instead of a cooked pear, which is good for lungs. Ooh. I don't know. I haven't thought to try that yet. Oh, interesting. That would be great. I had a ceremony before where I was dropping deep into a meditation and it told me to just eat pears. So that's why it comes up. Her only, she, Kim had brought pen and paper for notes. And the only thing written down was eat pears. (laughs) That was the big joke the next day. It was important. And I want you to forget. It was important. And here it is. Guess what? I have not dieted pears yet. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. Here it is. Hey guys, if you're thinking about this, ask your doctor. (laughs) There's only one doctor on this podcast and it's Dr. Cass right there. (laughs) Trust your intuition. And even this, we need to just. Disclosure. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. She's not your doctor unless yeah. you're calling and making appointments. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> None of this is medical advice. No. Yeah. No. yeah. It's information. Exploratory. Yeah. Yes. Oh my. So, okay. What was your most potent dieta personally? Do you have a story? I do. Sure. Um, Ayauma, which is the a tree in the rainforest who's known as the headless tree. But it's because his head is dropped down into his heart. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. What does a headless tree <laughs> look like? I'm so curious. I had to look, I, Google. Yeah. I looked them up online. Yeah. They also had these really beautiful um, red bulb. They're also kind of known like as cannonball. I guess they're fruits. I don't, I don't remember mm-hmm. if you can eat them. Um, but someone that I worked with gave me a tincture of oh. it. And so I have not sat with that tree personally, which is how I would rather do it and have a whole... Mm-hmm. Qigong with trees that we jokingly call Qigong. <laughs> mm. um, but this was just with the tincture for several days. But ideally, um, like I've done another one with Pondo, which is the aspen tree. Ideally, it would be with the tree, mm. maybe sleeping with it, communing with it, which is what I did. Um, and have the tincture or some of the bark and water and just drink. That's it. I mean, just sit and meditate, journal, nature hikes, mm. alone, away from everything for a few days, which you can do. At home, in theory, but much better to do out in nature with whatever the herb or flower or tree is specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, what was powerful about that experience for you? Oh, 
Well, that you can share. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I felt that like, not that, not that, not that. <laughs> it was very ener- energetically um, connected with me, yeah. still with me all yeah. the time. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Um, I feel like I can call upon Ayuma just by saying its name. Mm. And I feel like I grow to 10 or 12 feet tall. Mm. Wow. Mm. My, my energetic yeah. field, you know, can like hit the ceiling. And so I've used that on occasions where... Like I've had to speak to a lot of people that I didn't know or mm. what they were going to ask me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel um, really nervous or walking into a space where it feels threatening mm-hmm. and just making the energy yeah. that much bigger. So, you know, it's something I've taught my kids or my patients, you know, you can do kind of like the Wonder Woman stance yeah. in the mirror and look at yourself and speak mantras and pretend that you're a foot taller, your energy field is bigger. Yeah. Um, so I call upon it to do that a lot. And then the head and the heart thing, I think it was just so beautiful. I didn't understand it for a while, like the headless tree. Like, why am I yeah. communing with a headless tree? Um, I have a tendency to overanalyze things, to think mm-hmm. it through, to not make a decision until I've made all my lists of pros and cons and make sure it doesn't hurt anyone and this is the best thing and opportunities pass when I do that. So if I can just bring my head into my heart, I usually go place my hand on my heart, take a few deep breaths and I'll either lean forward to a yes we're back for a no. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, if it's neutral, I just let that be a no. Yeah. Um, that's where I'm at with it right now. I'm still working with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. That um, For a long time, I've always recommended that people, and b- because that's what I used to do, I'd go sit underneath a tree, I'd ask the tree's permission, which is a little bit different than what you're doing. You're doing the specific, you know, with the tree, you're ingesting, you're doing all these things. Mm-hmm. But just in a pinch, you know, to be able to, if you have a lot of anxiety or a nervousness about a situation, you can go ask a tree permission, go sit underneath the tree. Um, you'll know if it says yes or no, because you can feel like, oh, you can feel the no. And you can feel the invitation of like, there's just either neutral or an opening and then sit underneath the tree. But when you lean against the tree and you put your shoulders back and your head back, it all your heart opens. And then if you breathe up with the tree, breathe the roots up from your body and up with the tree and from the crown of the head and back down again, it's just, it's releasing. You dump like all that, all your stuff just dumps out. The tree just holds you. It is the most beautiful experience. And then you may get a download. You may get the tree talking to you and sharing with you what, what you need to do, or your knowing will just know, oh, this is what there is to do. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's such a, it's a, if you're alone, it is the best way to release to be able to uh, allow our trees to support us because their strength, their honesty, their clarity, they're all these things. And then when you complete that experience, to always offer something to tree, whether it's just an acknowledgement of its beauty, move into gratitude, or I like to like just run my fingers through my hair and take a piece of hair and just mm. lay it there. Or I take mm. dried flowers. So, you know, my husband buys me flowers. I dry them out and put them in a bag. And I'll just take a handful of flowers and just sprinkle it around the tree as gratitude for having, you know, uh, the service that it just provided for me, right? Mm-hmm. So to, this is a whole new way of doing things to actually ingest and um, with the dietas, that's a whole deeper level, I think, of being able to connect with uh, with mother nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. I like the way that they interact with each other because I'm with you on both. So the consuming is like the embodied part of it. Mm-hmm. Whereas you and I, all three of us, are very happy to live out in the ethereal <laughs> spiritual realms and much easier. So a lot of the work is like bringing it into the body. How do we integrate it? But what you're describing is very similar to what I've been calling Trigong. 
So oh, maybe really? we should embark on this project formally together. Because you use the, the only difference, it's a very subtle difference, um, is using the microcosmic orbit. So it would be crown to crown. Okay, explain the microcosmic orbit for people okay. who, um, including myself, who don't know what the hell that means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, Never heard that term before, I'll be okay, honest. It'll take two minutes to do the practice, and if we need to cut okay. it, then we, we cut it. Okay. Um, so you're turning all your attention to your lower dantian, which is this place an inch and a half below the navel. Okay. We're doing medical qigong now. Great. Oh, okay. Let's do it. Cool. Here we go. Do we put our hands Oh, there? you don't have to. I just do that as um, to show okay. you where to go. And you can actually close your eyes while you do this practice if you okay. want. All of it's happening internally. Okay. So all of your focus is on your lower dantian, an inch and a half below the navel. And as you keep all of your attention there, suddenly appears, it's always there, but our awareness is creating this appearance of this white light about the size of a pearl, a marble. And as you put more attention on it, as it has, creates more matter, it gets a little bit bigger, kind of going a little bigger and a smaller with your breath, like embers of a fire, until it's about the size of a ping pong ball or golf ball. Just keep all of your focus there on this ball. And then imagine it's floating on some water. And because you're putting so much attention on it, it gets heavy and it drops down. It begins to sink down between your legs. And so all we're going to be doing is spinning this ball up the back of the spine, around and down the front of the spine. So allowing it to sink between your legs. And then if it helps to assist to send it up, you can do mulabanda or a kegel. If you don't know what that is, it's kind of squeezing your PC muscles to stop from urinating. But you squeeze to send that ball up past the tailbone, small of the back, between the shoulder blades, crown of the head, up to the crown of your head, around between your eyes, and it goes inward because this is an embryo shape, between mm. the pineal gland, pituitary gland. Hold it there, float it there, and then place your tongue on the roof of your mouth. You can move it front and back, side to side. You'll know when you've got it. And then while I'm talking, create saliva to swallow three times and then keeping your tongue back on the roof of your mouth. The swallow is kind of the initiation into the practice through this difficult pass. And when you get to that third swallow, if you're having trouble, you can suck on your cheek or think about biting into a wedge of a lemon. Swallowing that three times. And as you get to that third or after, then guiding that ball of light straight down, down your throat, past your heart, solar plexus, back to the lower dantian. We're just going to do it a few more times, but much faster now that you know it. So that ball of light drops down to your perineum and it goes up the back of your spine to the crown of your head, around into the brain. Tongue stays on the roof of your mouth. You don't have to swallow anymore. And it goes straight down, throat, heart, solar plexus, navel, lower dantian. And just keep spinning it up the back of the spine, around and down the front of the spine. And allow it to spin and speed up a little faster and while it's spinning in your body in the shape of an embryo, just subtly aware that when it passes between your legs, you're pulling up the energy of the earth into your body. As it passes the crown, the celestial heavenly rains coming down into your body. And your body's now become a cauldron. And this spins, you're stirring these elixirs. Your body is creating healing light, alchemizing, meaning turning one thing into another thing, using your body to create this healing love light in this ball of energy. So this is the microcosmic orbit. I'm going to give you one more step since we're already here. Allow that spin to slow down. Right, just going up the back of the spine, around and down front of the spine. Tongue stays on the roof of your mouth. And as it gets slower and it passes by the heart, allow it to move into duality quickly, right and left. So out past your heart, out your arms, into your hands. And you can do this all in your mind's eye, or maybe you feel it in your hands. This ball of light that you've used your body as a cauldron to create this ball of light and healing. You can offer it to yourself, wherever you like. You can also offer this to someone else, but right now in this practice, we're just offering it back to ourself. You can place your hands on where that is. Mm -hmm. I often suggest the heart if nothing comes to mind, but if you have an ache or a pain somewhere, 
it's something mental, emotional, you can do this kind of mudra where one hand's on your forehead and one's on your occipital ridge if you mm. want. Just feeling the energy going back and forth between your hands if you choose that posture. Yeah, and just receiving that healing. Wow, there's so much energy. Yeah, just like, yeah I'm sweating. <laughs> yeah, so that's... What do you do with the excess energy? Because I feel like there's so much energy coming through my body right now. So I'm curious. Qigong. <laughs> like, so oftentimes, I'll do that first. People offer it to themselves. And then we run it again quickly. And you offer it to someone or something else. Like anywhere yeah. throughout time and space. Maybe you're imagining a person's in front of you and you're wanting to offer them healing. Yeah. I'm sending it to Bobby. <laughs> Bobby. Yeah. You can all send it to Bobby. Yeah. <laughs> And so you can run that microcosmic orbit with a tree. So you're mm. aware of that energy, mm -hmm. but it's always there. We're just bringing our awareness to it, which brightens it, heightens it, makes it bigger right. and heavier. I know I'm, I'm sweaty too. That <laughs> was, yeah. It was such a nervous system reset. And for anybody wondering how to offer energy, um, when you put out your hands or your hands know exactly what to do. Yeah. Like for me, I gently like, will gently pulse my right hand but like, I, once you sort of do these things, you'll find that your body comes up with its own movements and yeah. to just don't honor. even think about it. It's yeah. just sort of what, let, let it flow through you. And if your hands start to move, that's even better because mm -hmm. it's just the pulsating energy. Yeah. yeah. As Kim was saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like my, well, what long. I'm noticing is like what happens for me is I get so much energy that it starts to like, there's almost like there's me mm -hmm. and then there's the nervous systems like, oh my God, what do I do with all this energy? Mm -hmm. Right. Because it, it, in some way it almost, I have to really drop into, cause it pulls me up and out of being grounded because there's so much the energy, energy moving. moving through me. The trees. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, trees, trees are so, and, and what I noticed is I'm so glad you did this because I'm recently, I did about um, maybe three weeks ago, I went to a women's weekend retreat. And one of the things we did was work with the earth and having, breathing the energy up. It was around sexuality and power and bringing it up through the bottom of your feet, being barefoot. And what a different experience as opposed to creating, especially around sex, as opposed to creating in your mind, mm. creating from the earth and let that energy rolling up through your body and up through all parts of the system. And it was just like being carried as opposed to having to create it. Mm. Mother Earth was. So as you were doing that and brought that up, as I'm reminded, what it does is it calms my body. Like immediately now my nervous system is relaxed and all the energy can flow and I've got more space inside of me. Oh, yeah. Even the remembrance of it. Yeah. yeah so just beautiful. really breathing up from the bottom of the feet creates an expansion mm -hmm. internally for me. So there's more room for all this energy. Yeah, because yeah, we all are like, we all have massive fields. Yeah. But, but just being barefoot on the earth and the negative uh -huh. ions and the Schumann resonance, it grounds us back in. Yeah. So when doing this with the tree, right? Crown to crown, root to root can circulate it. Yeah. And if that's too much, you flip it, do the other direction. So I'm curious, when you did the light, did you mm -hmm. go outside the forehead? You stayed in, you went right here and then dropped down into the center, mm -hmm. right? You can do either way, like because the energy is not necessarily it's coming in the body. We're talking yeah. about the energy field. Right. I usually teach it inside. Okay. But yeah, I feel it. Like, yeah, because I was feeling it out here coming in. I'm going, mm, am I doing this right? Am I doing it wrong? So you can do either way. You can do either. I don't think there's a wrong. I think whatever yeah. you're feeling intuitively yeah. is correct, but just learning to move it. So a lot of times when I've people have come to me with, we call it like Qigong psychosis or Kundalini 
rising and it's because everyone shoots it up out the head. All you have to do is bring it back down yeah, and ground it. Exactly. Like I know everybody immediate. thinks to you know, they want to get spiritual, so they go out. That's not really it. You go into the body, like breathe up from the earth and stay embodied. Yes, and exactly. that's where you open inside of here, as opposed to like everybody's like, I want to go out, I want to surf the cosmos. Mm-hmm. Well, to do that, go in. Yeah, particularly <laughs> where you're pointing beautiful. the heart. That yeah. was such an epiphany for me to realize with different breathwork practices, mm. bringing the energy up. As soon as I would think about someone I love, which is like my sons, it just like pings the field and it's like this to the pineal gland and it's so easy to mm. go to that place. You don't have to force it or squeeze or send it up. It's really, so I know, sorry, yeah. I'm sweaty. But no, okay. no, it's beautiful. All the energy no, I'm just too. myself, yeah. yeah. It's so, also hot in here. Yeah, it is hot in Texas right now. <laughs> yes, it is. We can't turn the AC on or y'all are going to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> For me. That's okay. Uh, well, one, one more yeah. thing. What do you call the practice? Microcosmic orbit. Microcosmic orbit. And okay. you can do it sexually with a partner. You don't have to be physically connected. It works. Gender They're, has nothing to do with it. It's They're just a tree. Yeah, they're your tree. Oh. I mean, you oh, can really cool. can be connected, but you don't have to be. You can just sit yab yam with someone and move the energy one direction or another. You actually, okay. I mean, we could do it here. You don't have to touch. Yeah, just moving. Well, the just energy. you talking about it, you've noticed how the heat just went up, just like whew, another octave. Yeah. What were you going to say, Kim? About oh, your I was going to say I actually felt super grounded because when I brought the ball up, I imagined the earth going up my nervous system, so I felt like I was. Dropping mm. into groundedness, yeah. which was a little, I had a little bit of a different experience. Um, also, she taught me the coolest tree meditation. Like, this is going to be, if, if anybody's <laughs> having anxiety, <laughs> listen to this one because um, do you remember this? You walked me outside. And to the beautiful trees. And, and you have so many to choose from. You, the big one in front of my old cabin. There are so one, many there's so special many. trees here, but it was not that tree. Yeah. So the tree meditation, I'm going to let you explain yep. this beautiful tree meditation in its entirety. Oh, I would love to hear you okay. share it, if that's okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> I feel like I've talked so much. Yeah. No, you do not. <laughs> so Cass and I just, and thank you. I mean, this is my favorite talking group. So <laughs> we, you go to a tree. And you stand still and you just sort of let it welcome you in and you welcome it in. And the way you do that is you just share the space together. For me, I like to sort of ask, like, can can we sit together inside? And if you feel this heart expansion in your heart chakra, which is between your collarbones, just a little opening, I I feel like that's a yes. And then you go and you find a spot on the tree. You find a focal point. And you just look at it. And naturally, as you do that, your eyes soften Mm -hmm. and you start to see the periphery. And the fascinating thing that happens with this tree meditation is that eventually you start to see sacred geometric shapes in the tree Mm -hmm. and you start to like little bugs and little things mm. that you didn't notice before start to become so clear and they start leaping out at you. Mm. And for me, this is now how I like to meet trees. Mm. So just spending a little bit of time with them and it drops me into such deep peace. Mm. It's it's such a beautiful heart exchange mm. that it would be lovely if we can do this with people and we can, but a tree offers this kind of profoundly deep 
silence that uh, human to human, we, it takes a minute for us to find comfort in that. Like we could gaze into somebody's eyes and let everything mm. go away and then start to like meet on mm. in, in different yeah. ways. But trees are just such a beautiful the starting point effect. for yeah, that. I can feel that. That's yeah. so, I feel like the humans is the heart space, like the electromagnetic field, but the trees mm-hmm. is this energetic space because of that like oxygen, carbon dioxide exchange. Mm-hmm. So we're breathing together, but like what's medicine for each of us we're providing for each other. Yeah. Yeah. And what the meditation you're talking about, it's called Zhong Zhong. It's the oldest Qigong meditation that we know of standing post, standing tree. Mm. We're just standing. Yeah. You find that spot. I mean, I love every time you both talk about it, you're like asking permission and like Zhang Zhang. Zhang Zhang. Yeah. It's just standing post. They suggest 20 minutes a day. Oh, wow. Longevity practice, like a centennial practice. Oh, interesting. And that, um, yeah, you get the microcosm, like the microcosm orbit where you're seeing all the little details. And then after a while, if you stand there long enough, then the peripheral starts to go like white. For me, it kind of goes white like this. Mm. And it'll sometimes be like, hmm, reality just kind of shifted. Wow, interesting. Just a little bit. Yeah, and then the communication happens or you can ask a question or its name, which you both already mentioned. And, yeah. Um, that's, that's so beautiful. That's so fascinating that the... the I had the the most crazy, well, I shouldn't say crazy, but phenomenal experience in Hawaii. I walked outside and it was dark and I was just, you know, just, you know, looking at the sky and just being in the state of gratitude. And I heard this like little boy's voice in my mind that just went, you have to help me. You have to help me. Come help me. Please, please come help me. Come help me. Call the doctor. Call the doctor. These things made me ugly. I don't know what this is. These things made me ugly. And I'm like, what is going on? And I looked over at this tree and it was illuminated and there were, and I was like, what is happening? And I was guided to walk, you know, literally across the yard to this tree. And and it was like, they think it's beautiful. It's not beautiful. They need to take it off of me. Take it off of me. I'm dying. The next day I went out, they're like, call the owner, call the owner, call the doctor. And I went and here, this tree had a specific mold on it that was all these other trees have been cut down. And this was like the next tree in line that this, whatever it was, was killing the trees. And he was like, I'm sick, I'm dying, help me, help me. And it was this young tree that was covered in, it it almost looked like somebody had taken, you know, those, um, those old, Oh, what do you call it? You know, the, the guns that used to glitz the, the, the jean jackets, you know, those, um, whatever those things were. Bedazzler. Be- bedazzler. Yeah, it looked like it was bedazzled with this type of mold that was stuck to the bottom of the tree. And of course, we called the person that we were renting the Airbnb from and saying, you know, I don't know if you're aware that this is still growing on this other tree. Mm. But isn't that wild? It was just so for me, it was like, what you know? I was just so when you're open to in a space of gratitude, don't be surprised if nature starts talking to you and also asks for help. So mm-hmm. it was such a um, shocking experience because I I I could hear it in the field and I didn't know where it was coming from. And then I was guided to look at this. There were five trees in a row, and then I, then I just allowed myself to walk. And when I walked to the tree, as I got ten feet away, I could see this glimmering mm-hmm. like it was bedazzled. But it was this, the most interesting experience to have this tree like call for help because I've never had that experience before mm-hmm. where they actually needed something from us. And they do, right? They, they sometimes need things from us too that we can provide care because we're doing all these things 
fertilizer and whatnot, you know? I know. So anyway, but it was, um, it'll be interesting to see um, when I go back if that tree is still standing Mm-hmm. Or if it, yeah, if if the mold one or whatever that fungus was that was killing the trees, mm-hmm. yeah. So any, what a any, story. any energetics that we can do for like I tried to do what I could in being able to honor the the mold. It's got it's you know it's life got its too. it's got its life force too. Yeah. So it's like I don't you know I don't want to hurt anything or anyone, but it's kind of like you know any any recommendations for for people who may have a plant that's got something going on with it or a tree that something's going mm. on with it that needs some extra support yeah well, because you're such a nature queen you know all these things as are you i mean if it's asking for help you answer the call yeah well i called the doctor right? yeah. <laughs> it was so funny you know, it was so interesting no i mean the only thing i like our hands are are activated and from the center of the heart i mean just the best of intentions. Mm. I mean, that's what I would intuitively yeah. start with. That's um, a that's a good reminder. Yeah, the mold's interesting. There's the, my favorite incense to use. Aloe wood happens naturally, sort of like how OSHA isn't cultivated. You can't really cultivate oud aloe wood. It's when a tree, a lightning hits a tree. There's a particular type of fungus that grows that creates this amazing smell of aloe wood. Oh. It's just interest. I just thought of that. It's just so interesting. The cycle of life. And yeah, this, this aloe wood is very special um, and really revered in a tea ceremony around the world as well. Oh, really? You burn it as an incense. It's considered very sacred. Mm-hmm. And we'll be sitting with that today. And uh, it's interesting as we're talking about You just mold. slip that in. We'll be sitting with that. What's that yes, mean, Kim? I'm gonna, I, I, I've actually churned the cottage. I just moved my tea stuff in there. And oh, I have in, I have aloes wood incense. Oh, and I'm going to light and do a cup of tea today. Oh, You're yes. welcome to join. Oh, I'm, all right. I'm, thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'll take some of that. Yes. <laughs> Sounds amazing. And as we're talking about mold and parasitic plants and the beauty of nature and, and the circle of life, I want to share because we get these intuitive hits all the time that maybe if we just become aware that they are an intuitive hit, yeah. then they'll become a little bit louder to us. And I, if, if anything's inspired by this podcast, that's that's what I hope people take. So I was sitting um, outside James' office, and it was in the winter, and uh, there's mistletoe growing on the oaks mm-hmm. here and the mesquite and all kinds of trees, and it kept looking at me. And I was like, okay, I'm very interested in you. And it wanted me to be very interested in it. I even got on Instagram and I'm like, who knows about mistletoe? And I um, did a few Instagram lives and uh, I, I started doing deep dives. And the druids would revere the oaks and the mistletoe that grew on it and they would harvest harvest it during the winter solstice. So I was like, all right, winter solstice it is. But just unraveling it more and more and more and more, um, Daniel, who is sitting over there, who um, is awesome, actually <laughs> did a really beautiful harvest and took so much care into making these glycerin tinctures with the mistletoe. And they have helped my family through some sickness. But what I would like to also say 
is talk to your doctor. And, <laughs> and there are doctors all over the world that I have been in communication with. I'd actually love to have them on the podcast that are using mistletoe to cure people of cancer right now. What? All over mm-hmm. the world. I haven't and, heard of that. And there are companies that there are different kinds of mistletoe. There are kinds that grow in Europe. There are kinds that grow here. I'm not sure the benefits of the mistletoe here, but I do know that there are poisonous parts of the mistletoe. Yeah. So you really do have to be educated yeah. Yeah. and know what you're doing. And there are companies that will harvest during different seasons and different times, different mm-hmm. parts of the plant. And legitimately doctors that I've been communicating mm-hmm. with for months, healing people of cancer. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and talk to me about their stories of mistletoe mm-hmm. curing them of cancer. Now, now, mind you, this plant is considered a parasitic plant. It mm-hmm. attaches to... A, a, a tree, tree. Mm-hmm. and it takes from the tree to create this super potent medicine and it can kill a tree. Yeah. And it's almost like the, the tree's offering and, and it asks to be harvested. You know, mm-hmm. this, I, I felt the, the mistletoe on the land saying like, harvest me, harvest me, well, learn more, Well, it probably wants to be harvested so it doesn't kill the tree too, right? Like it's wanting to create, this is me always wanting to create the good or see the good, right? Well, like, but you know, you being able to harvest that saves the tree. And now you have this beautiful medicinal um, opportunity. But also to talk about it, yeah to share my learnings, because um, one of the things that it, that I said is like, ask around. And Mm -hmm. so in doing that, I've connected now to these doctors and connected now to this company that's actually doing it. And um, I don't know that that that's what this mistletoe on our land offers, but Mm -hmm. I do know that mistletoe in Germany and other parts of Northern Europe have been profound healers. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm still in a state of learning with wow. the mistletoe, but it's really beautiful. Well, I, I remember the story, but I didn't re- I didn't hear the last part that Daniel turned it into a tincture, which bravo, Daniel. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he did. And he, he prayed with it and he, wow. I had dried out some mistletoe and then in, in my motherhood, it's like left the building. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't You're, do what I needed to do with it. And Daniel's like, you have not dried that out in a way that is okay for medicine. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, wow. Look at that beautiful <laughs> bottle. He yes. just happened to have it on him when we had no idea we were going to talk about mistletoe today. <laughs> it's amazing. So, can I can, try can some, we spray Daniel? It, Daniel? Oh, you uh, put it in your mouth? I do. Okay. Okay. Now what does, okay. So tell me about it. He did not use the berries, guys. I All, the, all <laughs> of you that would like to tell me how poisonous this plant is. So what's he it did not use like? the berries. Um, it's delicious. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to put it on my finger. <laughs> and, it, and again, there are oh, wow. poisonous parts of this plant. Down. Daniel, that's exceptional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank, 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 the, thank you, the mistletoe. Oh, yeah. Thank you, mistletoe. Yeah, wow. That's so mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. What, what would you use mm-hmm. it for, Daniel? Mm-hmm. Uh, Immune boosting. So, well, maybe I should take another shot. If all of you, <laughs> if, that's beautiful. For those of you listening and, and not watching, Cass took a moment where she mm-hmm. held this up to her heart chakra and she took a moment and held it up to her third eye, her pineal mm-hmm. gland. That that's the expert move. You may <laughs> you may watch. You can introduce something to your body field. People have been doing muscle testing for yeah. 
you know, so, so long to see how something feels to your heart. And when you hold something up to a chakra, it's like, it's another way of saying hello, just as like a kiss or a hug or an embrace and your body's wisdom will actually open up. And chakras are just energy systems in the body. Mm -hmm. If you, if you're not aware. Yes or no, or know where to go and do it. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's, um, it's really interesting. Like I have I'm no just, idea what we're going to talk about today. And look at this. Wow. <laughs> That's kind of how it, it happens in the women's bathroom, right? You never know That's what's right. going to happen. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's really beautiful. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah. I have two of those. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Daniel, the pirate medicine maker. <laughs> I remember when that was going down because I finished giving treatments and I opened the back door and it was full of a bunch of mistletoe from the harvest, like yeah. some leftovers. And I, I put it on my front door on my wreath. Around solstice because it's used for protection also, not as lovely as medicine, but still protection. I think that was a Druid Celtic. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. Yeah. You can weave it into a wreath. Mm -hmm. You can kiss Mm -hmm. under it. And I believe there's some tales about how if you were in a war and you came to mistletoe, the war had to stop. You couldn't fight under the mistletoe. And wow. I believe that, and I could be botching this, but I believe that's how the tradition of that, kissing the under the story. mistletoe mm. started. That's mm. peace. 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 I love that. Peace. Mm. Peace in the heart, peace in the body, peace mm. internally, externally. Mm. So hello, mm. mistletoe. I see you're a parasitic <laughs> plant, but you're also part of this beautiful, you know, journey in life. And, yeah. um, well, thanks for listening. Yeah. To the mistletoe. Yeah. Now we have this beautiful tincture mm-hmm. here. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. incredible. What's next? <laughs> thistle? Uh, actually, thistle is big and, and you were channeled that. And yeah. also mesquite. Mesquite for me is a big one. I, um, I started harvesting a little bit. I want to try burning it, making a tincture with it, mm. communicating with it, having the, how do we say this meditation? Ja- Oh, Zhang Zhang. Zhang Zhang meditation with mesquite. We have these trees all over the land. And it's like, you know, we say hello to our neighbors and we bring them mm, yeah. a basket of muffins and we say hello to our children. But we walk by these things every single day and I yeah. drive by this mesquite tree every time I come onto the land. And I just want to say hello to my neighbor and get to know it more and yeah. see how we yeah. can work together. That's, and it's native. Yeah. It's, it's native. It's a native tree. Yeah. Mm. Just ask it. It's medicine. I think I feel like the trees are the grandmother, grandfather protectors of our land. Mm. Yeah. And I also love that both of you mentioned in the closing of that meditation of always giving an offering, whether it's a hug or a bow or dried flowers or in mm. Lakota, you would offer tobacco. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. anytime you're going to move something from land, you offer a little tobacco, then you move something. Um, or making mandalas around the trees mm. yeah. or those little god eyes I see those sometimes around town where kids have made the little string I think they're called god eyes they're like the diamond shape oh, yeah. on the popsicle mm-hmm. sticks we have yeah. those everywhere yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. you can use the twigs to make them oh even better uh, from the yes. ground yeah we yes. have those all over I just it, you know it's interesting because when you have kids they bring you all these land offerings like yeah. shells and rocks and feathers and things that they love yeah. and they have collected in my house so I just mm-hmm started this box of things that are too much for me to just take outside because there's a special sacred memory. But today is the new moon. So we're going to do a mandala with the kids with with them. Yeah. And it includes big tree branches 
that uh-huh. had fallen on the ground from David Elliott's tree at his old home. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So he's mm. an incredible teacher. Wow. And so reverent with the land. I mm. really love and appreciate him. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, that was really where I started to be more inspired about like intentional with the flowers. Like I always feel bad about throwing them out. And I was like, and when I was with him, he's like, no, you just take it. And you're like, oh my God, that's perfect. You know, it's an offering. To, it's an offering. Mm-hmm. And so then I don't, I don't have to throw it in the garbage and it's like, wow, back to the earth. Back yeah. to the earth yeah. or in the compost. Like yeah. if I'm given flowers, we do compost now. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Not there yet. We're not home enough to cook. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. You're always on the move. Yeah, we're always on the move. Yeah. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. I like this. On this note, I'm wondering about in uh, the Rudolf Steiner tradition, kind of Waldorf tradition, you have an earth altar that the kids have just a place that they're, but you have so much. I can't wait to see this mandala later. Yeah. There's also um, in different traditions. So, like in our Taoist tradition, we have something called the 2D, which is basically like the land deity. We just have a space in the land where you make offerings. And for most of the time for me, it's a tree. You can make like a spirit plate before you eat a meal. It's just like a little, mm. right? A little mm. water and then have one of the kids or the head of the household or whoever, like make an offering. Wow. I always thought these rituals are really beautiful. Who's the head of the household? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever says so that day. I don't know. <laughs> or it can I, be like a prestigious <laughs> job. Someone sets the table. Someone, I love doing the spirit plate. It's my favorite. Oh, that's <laughs> amazing. I want to talk about something yeah. that was so fascinating to me. So you went through a process um, you, you have been, again, now you're a teacher, but you have been a student for so long. And when you're going through these Taoist priestess trainings, um, you had long lists of things that you would honor for long periods of mm-hmm. time. One of them was about the word no. Oh. And, uh, I have been singing the no song lately, <laughs> yes. which is where it goes, no, 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 no. And I hope that you all learn this amazing song. For somebody who said yes forever, I'm so happy that you are finally learning the word no. No, 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 no,
Yeah, that was my last year. Spirit said, say yes to everything. It was like, I mean, we were just constant. So I understand the yes can be exhilarating and fun and filled with adventure. And it takes a lot of courage to say yes to everything. And you're always going. So I'm... I'm I'm at a pause right now. I'm not sure if I'm a yes or a no at the moment because I've just experienced lots of yeses. And now it's like, wait, like slowing down and feeling what that feels like. So how, yeah. so a, yes, a month of yeses Time for both. turned into how long did you have to practice with the no before you became comfortable with saying no? Oh, I was about to say, I'm still a student of all these things <laughs> and always, um, I'm still working on it. Yeah. But it's also, if a yes comes... Drop head into heart or even into the sacral space. Mm-hmm. Like, is it an, if it's not an F, yes. I don't know if we can curse on this. If it's not an, if it's not a fuck yes. If it's not, it's not a, a fuck, fuck yes, yes. It's not a yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a no. It's a no. Yeah. Like anything that's in a maybe I'll hold for and like do some yeah. different practices for. Yeah. But I really feel that leaning into away from. What like I, I know the yeses. You know the yeses, right? So for some people, it's like they don't know what it is until they speak it. And so as they're, as they're saying yes to something, you might feel resistance in your body. That is actually a no. And you're doing something other that you're ignoring Mm -hmm. what your body's saying. So I just want to throw that out there. Some people don't know what it is until it's out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. And then their body reacts to what they're saying, because the the alignment is your speech connects to the body, right? Yes. Yeah. mm -hmm. It's it's a way that we honor the body. My inner guidance system told me to practice with people I love the most first because I'll feel safe saying no. So the first person I practiced this with was Tori. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And I was like, thank you for being my safe space to learn the word no. And she's amazing. She's like, <laughs> oh, that's got great. you, honey. <laughs> like, you know, so so you can even say out loud, like, I'm learning the word no. This is a practice for yeah. me and it's a muscle. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm exercising no with you right now. And thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's really hard for me. And I have to say no. Yeah. yeah. It's hard yeah. for me to, cause I want to say yes, but my, my being is saying no. My body yeah. says no. Exactly. And you both helped me yeah. with that before when I've shared something and been like, how does that feel in your body? I think you literally say both yeah. of you have said that to me. How, mm. does yeah. that, how does that feel? In your body. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Almost, almost always. Versus yeah. the, the head. The logic versus yeah. the head. And you will know the difference if your heart is saying no or yes, or if your, yeah. your head is saying it. But I think the, uh, the pendulum and the, the, the surrender experiment is the book that's very much based on hmm. the yes. Hmm. And it's like, you know, whatever muscle you need to work, you'll be called to work. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, the other part of the practice is if you're on the receiving end of that yes or that no, right? And then what to do with, you know, somebody saying no to you and, and then how does that feel to you? Are you able to, you know, honor that without making it about you? Yeah. Right. And that's a process I'm in right now is being able to like deal with, you know, um, deal with somebody else's no in my system and not taking it personal. Mm. Right. Because my body wants to go into like, well, for instance, I remember flashing back when I, when the kids were little and calling a girl to babysit and she's 12 years old and she says, you know, I said, can you, you know, babysit Saturday night? And she paused and she's like, no, I don't want to. I'm going to stay home and watch TV. And I was like, 
what the hell? <laughs> like, like really? <laughs> because, you know, I was raised with you, the people pleaser. You say yeah. yes, even though you mean no. And so I was like, wow, you know, and that was whatever it was 15 years ago. I was like, that girl's a badass. Like yeah. being able to say what she needs, what she means. And so being on the receiving end of that and being gracious and not letting my body go into kind of like some sort of nervous mm-hmm. system analysis about why their no is no, that's that's really what I've been, in, in particular this past week, working with. Yeah. And, and having my body be calm, no matter whatever somebody else is saying. And whether that I'm picking up on their nervousness of saying no to me, because I pick mm-hmm. up other people's energy that's creating this kind of like, you know, weird sensation in my body, or if it's just my old crap, you yeah, know, more for me to deal with, right? Yeah. Like it's, and so it's always a practice of just get, being neutral in your body and not overreacting to that no coming at you or that yes coming at you is like, oh shit, now they said yes, I have to do something with this, right? So, you know, depending on what you're creating, either one can be, you know, challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Maturity. Yeah. Well, I had a friend come to me yesterday. Um, she said there have been two times in a row where I haven't been invited, and I'm I oh, just, I hate those calls. I, I will, and I and I just need to clear it. And it was funny. There was such a miscommunication. One of them was a meeting, which there was oh. no invitations. It was like a meeting with an agenda and specific mm. asks for specific people. Um, it wasn't like a, a friend gathering, but, um, that, that's another way of, of saying no is honoring whatever the energy is supposed to be the there. Intention of I the have, creation, yeah. yeah, I have gatherings all the time and, um, some of them are 30 minutes. Some of them are two hours, three hours where I go because, you know, you fit in whatever you can when you can with yeah. your friends, when you have a bunch of kids and, um, And, you know, one of the things with the word no and the word yes that I realized is in somebody in a place of honoring, it is really just honoring the whispers of God and of the energy that needs to be. Maybe there's somebody that has to process something super deep Mm -hmm. and it it requires a a certain energetic. But um, I had, um, uh, she'll have no problem with this. Erin Featherson said to me a long time ago, she goes, you know, one of the things I've learned being your friend is that um, you are not a bird in a cage. That I, like, (laughs) (laughs) you are a, like a butterfly all over the place, pollinating all the flowers. And it's like, <laughs> I can't be jealous of Kim. No. Like, you can't, you can't no. be in her orbit and have fear that you're not going to be her friend. That you're not included. Yeah. Cause I have this big thing. I'm like, I don't like being in big groups, but I do have a lot of people that are so special to me yeah. and I can't have everybody that's special to me at every gathering no. or every gathering yeah. is overwhelming. Yeah. I get overwhelmed so easily my nervous system is so delicate and sensitive. Like even if I'm having people here, people will notice all of a sudden I'll disappear for a little bit. Yeah, I'm going into my bedroom while I have people that I love over and I am laying down and like doing breath work. Yeah, I get so overwhelmed so easily. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Well, you're, you know, and you, you host all the time. Well, not lately. Well, now you're well. <laughs> now you're hosting your children who yeah. been in need. But yes, there's always like a, a new moon or a full moon yeah. or somebody needing something or like 
or the kids having a birthday party. There's always something. something. I have a very active life, Mm -hmm. but you know, Cass walks into the room and that she's like my nervous system reset. My body goes, yeah, it's just like, uh, or the other thing my nervous system needs is when it's just us. Yeah. Like, um, I have different friendships with everybody with Peggy. I like her to myself. Mm. Just like me Same. and Peggy. <laughs> just <laughs> the two of us. Me yeah. and Peggy. <laughs> yeah, which doesn't happen enough. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's that we're here, but yeah. we're never really like, yeah. So we always have to make a date. <laughs> I know, but we, we do it. Yeah. That's yeah. how that's how this podcast happened. It was just yeah. me and Peggy. Yeah. Time with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we're like, we need more of this. And then Spirit's like, what about a podcast? I'm like, oh my God, that's a great idea since we kept trucking to the bathroom. I know. <laughs> fun. Anyway. The bathroom. The bathroom. When I texted Kimberly, I was here this morning. She was like, I'm still in the bath. And I was like, it's perfect. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's the bathroom. It's not the toilet room. Or the <laughs> it's perfect. I would be too if I could. Right? Yeah. Exactly. We're exactly. thinking about putting a bath right here. I love that idea. Yeah. Puff yeah. it in with flowers and soaps. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. This yeah. It's perfect for that. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So Cass, all of us that <laughs> feel overwhelmed in life, yeah. what, like you have so many beautiful meditations and things. And I think saying no is good if you get mm. overwhelmed easily and doing the tree meditation. Do you have mm. anything else for anybody listening that may feel um, anxiety mm. or overwhelm? My favorite? Well, besides what we just mentioned, is very simple, but it's really just going back to the breath. Like uh, placing a hand on the heart, hand on the belly, and going back to the breath. Mm-hmm. And then doing, there's different versions of this. Um, you know, I've lived many lives, so I worked briefly at Walter Reed with um, veterans coming back post-deployment. And mm-hmm. so they do this for PTSD, which is where I learned it. They call it 54321, but what I'm going to teach is just simpler. But it's really hand on the heart, hand on the stomach, taking three deep breaths in through the nose, And then noticing what you smell, noticing what you taste, noticing what you hear, noticing what you see. In this case, you would do it with eyes open, but I always default to eyes closed because those visions are more fun. Feeling the parts of your body in touch with the chair, table, bed, whatever you're sitting on. And if you're trying to help someone else do this, then you would say, like, listen to my voice. This is Cass. Like we're in Spicewood, Texas. We're in the bathroom with Kimberly and Peggy. Look how beautiful their eyes are. <laughs> Feel your hand on your heart. Take a deep breath. And that almost always works. It's just reorienting to the present, mm. the present moment. Yeah. That always works. That's beautiful. That would be beautiful to do with children. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah like yeah. if somebody's put your hand here and here, yeah. I, I noticed with breath work with kids, thank you. That was amazing. Yeah, thank you. Is to do it before you need it. And develop this practice with them before you need it so that when they're feeling the anxiety and the nervousness, now when they need it, they know what they're about to be walked through. And they're like, oh, yes, this is what we're doing. And I, I, I recognize yeah. what feeling this crazy. I've seen you do that with that. the kids. It's beautiful. Oh, the breath work is yeah. so helpful. Yeah. That remembering really- just how earlier when we did the microcosmic orbit and your energy was... And then you thought about leaning against the tree. Your body remembered that and yeah. down-regulated you and grounded you. Yeah. Yeah, this remembrance, these rituals that we do to remember. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Well, it's been so fascinating to have you here. And I'm mm. so grateful that you came. 
and all these practices. Should um, we do an Ask Peggy? Do you want it? <laughs> okay. I'm like, wait. Sorry, can I offer your okay. services, Peggy? Sure, go for it. <laughs> so we have an Ask Peggy segment. Before Ooh. we go, do you have any questions Ooh. for the Peggy channel? Oh, wow. <laughs> is, this, is this personal? Is this? Yeah, of can course. Be it can be want. anything, but mm. personal is always fun. Okay, I'm glad we're going to edit because I had to think for a minute. Sorry. That's all right. Um I'm just waiting for something to come up. If you want. Do you just want a message instead? Oh, yeah, I can do that. I'm just, okay. I have something personal I'll oh, ask you later, great. but I'm wondering what might be helpful for other people. Um, oh, don't, or don't do, do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. This That's too contrived. You. That's you. No. <laughs> No, no, no. That's really funny. <laughs> no offense, anybody out there. We are definitely besties. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's so don't funny. Do that. Um, gosh, well, I don't have, I, does anything come through you for yes. me? Yes. Because I can tell when you're like, I felt this channel go. Yeah, I, I could. So I just was tapping in and I'm like, okay, there's a message for her. I could, I right. can do that. So. So you're just being asked not to push your boundaries and you're being asked to settle into the, the, um, to the force field to allow like this next chapter with you being a professor and all those things, like really um, settling into the experience of movement and of with more collective energy and the minds of the collective, like each one of those is going to, you know, you're teaching students who are going to be affecting the fabric of life. And so allow that energy of just to come up through you instead of like rushing, doing more in, like of the intellect mm. to keep you more grounded and just arriving. It feels like more it's like arriving mm. and allowing that energy the same way that you, mm. you know, allowing it to come up <laughs> and then just contribute in that way. And mm. it's less about kind of figuring out what lesson plan, what to do and all that sort of thing as just you trusting the knowing and it's a it's a big, um, exciting, experiential job for you, and I see it just like a lot of longevity if you want it. Um, but don't the biggest thing is don't neglect yourself because I can feel the pressure mm -hmm. right here, like oh, mm -hmm. so much pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and it's really not. And they're saying no, don't don't let that energy come at you. Breathe up and exhale out, and that pushes that pressure away from you. Mm -hmm which kind of opens a stage mm. for you to contribute. And when you think of that energy going out and contribution, now you have breathing room. Now, can you feel the difference? I you do. have space. Yeah. And then let your, because your intuition is so the same way you've been guided here to share this and share that is the same way you operate in the classroom. So when people and their minds will ask this question or that question, you'll know exactly what to contribute and do that. And I know that part of yourself knows that, but the intellect wants to get involved and create all these like lesson plans and stuff. And they're just saying less is more. Mm. Don't over, don't, don't go too far out on the branches of what it is you want to teach. So, mm -hmm. because you're going to pull them up, you're going to put them in their mind instead of their body. So remember, 
as you teach, so you're teaching them, right? So as you ground in yourself and marry the mind and the body, you're you're doing it from the front of the room for your students. Mm. So now they're embodied, and then the mind opens to support whatever is coming through for them. So just wanting to remind you to teach from there instead of the mind. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Does that make sense? Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. And I feel there's just more space now in your heart around that. I feel that it reaches all the way over to you. I just had a visual that I can't unsee. And take it for whatever it is. Maybe it's energetic, but I see you carrying a plant into the room, (laughs) like a little tree that comes with you when you teach. I love that. I love this. Uh, Yeah, it's just going to happen. You know, it's just going to happen. Right there. It's going to absorb all the negativity. (laughs) (laughs) Not that there would be any from you, but from, you know. Well, maybe because the tree breathes in what doesn't work for us. Exactly. So that could breathe life into this tree yeah. to be of service in that way. I don't yeah. know, but I just saw I you that. carrying a little That's tree. beautiful, yeah. Kim. Yeah. I can it's totally feel that. that. And then one day happen. plant it when you're at your own center teaching at your own place. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so shall that be. Exactly. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Thank you. <laughs> love Thank you, you. So, And I will see you on your table later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we all have sessions with Cass yes. lined up, which is the biggest treat. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's going to be a fun day. I'm looking Looking forward to it. Yeah. Happy to start it this way. Yeah. For Thank sure. You for Thanks coming for coming. Yeah. Love you. It's Love been you too long. Yes. Excited to feel your oh, your energetic touch. She's so good. Yeah. Is there any way um, you want people to know about how to get in touch with you if they want uh, sessions? Yes. So I have a website, Dr. Cass, spelled out D O C T O R, because the other one is not me, it's something else. <laughs> okay. D O C T O R C A S S. Dot com. Okay. Everything's kind of offered there. I have a retreat in Iceland coming up in September, the Qigong retreat. There's a few spaces wow. left. Um, but yeah, everything I do is on there. Treatments, okay. online, in person, Qigong, guest speaking, classes, all the things. Thank amazing. You. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Check it out, everybody. She's amazing. If you haven't picked that up yet. <laughs> <laughs>